If you have your Bibles, please turn to 2 Peter. 2 Peter, we've been working through uh, now this second book, looking at uh, what Peter has to say. Peter has some pretty good insight. He lived with Jesus for three years. And uh, as a result of Jesus and the effect that he had on his life and the change that occurred in Peter's heart, he went on and did ministry with the rest of his life. And, and he, he went on to foreign lands and he preached the gospel wherever he went. And he wrote letters like this and he ended up giving his life for Jesus. And one of the things that I love about Peter is there was this constant place of knowing that what Jesus did made him worthy of salvation, but also knowing who Jesus was and who he was. He never felt he was worthy to be in Jesus's place. He was just Jesus's servant. And so Peter, even when it came for him to die, they were going to murder him. They were going to um, crucify him. And Peter said, I'm not worthy to even die in the same way that my Lord died. And so they ended up crucifying him upside down. And that was Peter's, Peter gave his life for the very things that we're reading today. And, um, and, and you never know when that time's coming. You never know when that time's coming. And so in, in, in our um, series right here with Second Peter, that's kind of what he's going to start. We're, we're headed that way because this book, and I don't know if the sermon slide, there it is, uh, sermon slide for this series is, ready? He's coming. And if you can see on the clock there, um, the time's almost up. It's almost up to noon or midnight or whatever you want to say. But in this book, he's getting them prepared, saying, you need to be in Christ because he is coming. Are you there? Are you with him? Are you ready? Because he goes into the latter parts of the books and talks about what happens at the end. And let me tell you, that flame of fire, that, that flame is not big enough for what Peter says is coming at the end. So this is us just getting ready. And, and Peter had a good insight. He's going he's gonna to teach us about this. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Second Peter chapter 1. Now, uh, while you turn there, uh, you know, this, this is good exercise for us to maybe hear some of these things over and over and over. And that happens in our life when we're exercising. Just the other day, uh, I realized I need, a, I need to take care of my body better. You know, that scale has been, been getting, it's been creeping up there a little bit too much. And, and my blood pressure has been a little bit too high. So I've been, I've been trying to get out and do some running. So the other day I was running. And uh, in Four Oaks, I can do my little route. And I was come to the end of my route. And I had my little Nike app that I use on my phone to track my miles and stuff. And, and when, you, when you punch stop, when you tell it that the run's over... Um, they usually have some type of fitness coach or some celebrity come on in, in your earphones and I listen to music and they'll come on in the earphones and they'll give you some kind of pep talk about how well you did. You ran more this week than last week. And this week when I got done, um, I, I punched stop and, and the fitness coach came on there and this lady said, it's not always fun, but it's worth it. It's not always fun but it's worth it. And I thought that was interesting because as we go into life, there's lots of things where we realize it's not always fun, but it's worth it. Let me tell you, that run was not fun. I was struggling that day, but I knew it was worth it because for the sake of my health and, and being there for my family, I want to bring down uh, maybe my weight or I want to bring down my blood pressure. And so even though that run's not fun, it is worth it. Like this, 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 these people that I'm living for and, and the things that God's called me to do, it's worth it. There's other things in life that, that a lot of you will make sacrifices. It's not always fun, but it's worth it, isn't it? Think of the things that you do. It's not always fun, but it's worth it. Um, and, and yet sometimes when we come to our Christian faith, because we've been saved by grace, now that we're going on in this walk of faith and we hit something that's not fun, we're just like, eh. And spiritually, we sit on the couch rather than going on that run. 
we, we, we kind of flop over and just allow ourselves to be like spiritual jellyfish just waiting for the day that Jesus returns. And that's not what Jesus' point was. His point was that we would live out this faith and that we'd be growing in this faith. And so Peter's going to come and kind of attack some of that today, saying that it's not always fun, but it's worth it. I mean, Peter dying on that cross upside down was not fun, but it's worth it for Jesus. So let's look at this today. We've been going through seeing already how this has all been by Jesus and by God's work that by his power, uh, we saw in verse three that he's granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So we've seen how God has been at work. It is his doing his his uh, work that has caused us to be saved and brought us into this relationship with him. And now we're going to hit verse five. And I, I wanted to preface that with all God's work before we hit verse five so we don't get a little loopy. But it says in verse five, for this very reason, what reason? Because God's done all this. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. So that's a big, long list. And at the front of that list, it said, make every effort Make every effort to, to, to supplement. Now, I don't know about you, but, but, but I hear a lot of commercials right now about taking supplements. Oh, man, if you're exercising, you should be taking supplements. If, if you need to be more healthy, you need to take supplements. And we know that when it comes to nutrition, a lot of times in the food that we're eating, we don't get enough. So what do we do? We supplement something. We're, we're, we're adding nourishment into our life because those certain vitamins or those minerals are needed. We need that extra bit maybe of protein. And so we supplement with a protein shake. I don't know what it is for you, but we supplement because we understand that when we supplement, we are adding nourishment. And we need that. Our body needs that. Same way spiritually. When we come to faith, he says to supplement your faith with, he said, virtue. Okay, that's that, that's that goodness, that excellence. You, you're to supplement your faith and be excellent. He went on and said the other the rest of the list to, to then supplement that with 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 knowledge. So you're, you're to grow in, in, in what you know of Jesus. You're to be in the word. You're to be uh, memorizing uh, things about God and verses. You're to grow in that knowledge. He said also uh, and with knowledge uh, supplement with self-control. Um, so um, I, that's one of those interesting things where um, it's very hard, except if God helps you control yourself. So, again, as much as we have put on ourselves, I need to control myself. Only God can help me with that. And going on, it says self-control with steadfastness. That's being firm, knowing what your faith is and not moving to and fro, being pushed around. He says also godliness. Um, that's just uh, that opportunity, to, as we talked about last week, to live a life of worship where it's all out for God. That's that godliness. It looks like Jesus. And then with brotherly affection, where we we look at one another and we actually have care and sympathy for each other and we, we we come alongside each other and then a, a greater investment says there of love where there's just just this deep found um um compassion for for other people so so there's this list and it's easy to look at that list and say oh man i've got to get to this list and it would be easy to look at that list and say well first i need to get, be about faith and, and then after that's built up, I need to be about virtue and wait till that's built up and then be about uh, the next thing and the next thing. And I, I don't think it's meant to be as a list where you work on just one thing. See, because because all this list, we might say, it, well, it says make every effort. So let me be trying and trying and trying to do those things. And if we did that, it, 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 we wouldn't get very far. 
The fact is that all these things are growing out of what God has already done in us as, and, and is, in fact, still God working these things. It's nothing that we're doing on our own, but because it's God doing them, in, all of these things are going at once. It's the same as in Galatians when it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, and self-control. There's nine fruit of the Spirit right there, and that's not as a result of us. This is a fruit of the Spirit. This is what it looks like to be a believer. And so all these things are working at once. So instead of doing one and then the next, think of it almost like um, I I want you to picture a bicycle chain. And each one of those links is something that Peter had just mentioned. The faith, the virtue, the self-control, the knowledge, all those things, they're linked together. And when one moves, what's the other one do? It moves. And these things are constantly going. And if guess what? If you're on a bicycle and that chain is not moving, if that thing's not rotating, what ends up happening to the bike? It stops. And Peter is saying that if if these things are not all in motion, if you don't see this going on in your life, then then there's going to be trouble. Look at what he says going forward um, in verse eight. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. So what he's saying is, if, if, if you're a believer, you're going to see this. And if these things are going and moving and gone, you're going to be effective. You're going to be growing. You're going to be you're going to be expanding your faith in a way where you're actually looking like a genuine Christian. You, you should actually take warning if you don't see these things going and moving in your if, if, if you don't see them active in your life. You've got bigger problems. This says that if, if it's not going on, then, then you've forgotten the fact that from the very beginning you were you were forgiven from your sins. Now, now we were forgiven from our sins and we don't do anything to earn or pay back the grace that was given us. But as a result of being changed when we are saved, something occurred in our heart where we now desire God. It was interesting at the end of that run that I took when I was running, that woman said, hey, um, it may not always be fun, but it's worth it. Right after that, it was like the Lord put this word in my mind and it was the word yearn. Yearn. You know, when the Lord does that work and he saved us, what begins to happen is we yearn for him. And as a result of yearning, we want to live for him. And we want these things that to be active in our life, the self-control and the, the godliness. And these things are active. And so, and so we allow them to go. And that's when we grow and we're effective. We, we yearn. We don't earn. Okay, I'm coining that phrase. Yearn, don't earn. Okay, we're not, we're not earning it. We're yearning, and so we, we continue to go on. And he says, hey, if, if, if that's not happening, look, look what the next verses say. Verse 10. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to make your calling and election sure. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. See, he, he said here, you need to be diligent. You, you actually need it in your mind to be thinking about the fact that these things should be going on in your life. Because if it's not, friends, if you don't see those qualities that Peter spelled out, if you don't see that bicycle chain rotating, you've got bigger problems because it's an indication that, one, you weren't called and two, you weren't elected. 
I know a lot of people want to keep distance from words like election and calling because it's like, well, how can God predestine people? But friends, if that chain is not revolving in your life, he says, then, then, then you've got a problem because you're not called, you're not elected. It's not a problem whether your faith is nosediving. The question is, are you of faith at all? Now, I don't want to tell you a little secret about my preaching. I don't, I don't speak this against anybody. Every time I preach, I preach the gospel to every crowd as if everyone is unsaved. You know the reason why? Because I don't know who I'll save. Peter's writing to a group of people who he says, hey, you, these things need to be happening. If they're not happening, you need to go and check out whether you are saved. Are you called? Are you elected? Because guess what? If you're not, these things cannot go. The bike cannot go forward. If God never saved you, you cannot expect to have these qualities going on in your life. It's like trying to get on the roller coaster when there's no car there to get on. You can't. It's like trying to do a lot of things. But never getting that entrance to actually go. If you're not in Christ, you can't have these qualities. If you're not in Christ, you cannot have the fruit of the spirit. So if you don't see them growing, if you don't see that yearning that's occurring in your life, then you really got the question, do I know Jesus? Do I know Jesus? That's why Paul said to Timothy, make sure that you preach the word of God clearly, because in doing so, you'll save both yourself and your hearers. And so constantly, even for myself, I need to make sure that I am called and elected. And then God will continue to work. And I, I yearn for what he's doing in my life and what he's doing in your life. And we see the evidence of that as these things are going. And when those things are going, that's when you're effective. That's when, when, when your faith is growing and flourishing and, and, and providing fruit. If you're going down the list just checking off, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. That's an earning mentality. That's an achievement mentality. And it's empty. And it's not evidence of faith. But as the Lord is working and you see these things going and they're constant, they're going, that's evidence of the Lord at work in you. And what he began, he will he will continue on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus, the book of Philippians chapter one says. So these need to be occurring in your life because the question is, are you ready? Do you know Jesus? He's he's coming. He's coming. Have you tried to get on that roller coaster? But there's no car there. You're just trying to run up and down them hills. That's that's just not the same roller coaster. If you're not in the car. The scripture says that Jesus came. And he looked out upon people and he said, they've all been trying to ride the roller coaster with no car. I've come to save them. I've come to put them into my family, into my faith. And so so Jesus came and he died on our behalf. He looked at people who could not save themselves and he died for our sins. He took his sins upon himself and then he gave to us his life. And now he's given to us more. He's he's given to us these these fruits. He's given to us these character qualities that are his. And he's saying, now live. I want you to live. I want you to go. I want you to go. I want you to go. And those chain links should be in there. But the the real reality is this. Who's peddling? Who's peddling? Jesus. He's going. He's going. He's going. He's going to peddle you. He's going to peddle you. And you know what? It's not always fun. Man, it's worth it. It's worth it. I got one of the greatest texts this week. It just made my day as a friend and as a pastor. I had somebody text me up and they said, Pastor, I've just really sensed that I need to do a daily devotion. I need to, I need to be reading every day. And, and I'd love it for, 
for there to be something fasted for, for a couple's devotion to. If there's, there's some way I could grow. And I just love that because there was that, that sense of yearning. I, 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 I recognize that there needs to be something in my life. I, I feel like, and so how could I grow in that knowledge? How could I continue to grow in godliness and in brotherly affection and love? What, where on a daily basis can I do something whereby I might have to reschedule other things or get up earlier or I might have to, to, to put off another book and actually get into the scripture? Pastor, what can I do? Because I recognize that there needs to be some peddling going on. I recognize that in my life I've been satisfied with where I've been, but I need to go further. I need to yearn for Jesus Christ. What do I need to do? And I was like, yes. Now, really, that's the easy part because we all we all want to. Yeah, we need to do that. The hard part is doing it is getting out on that run is recognizing the stats where I'm not healthy spiritually. I'm not sure of my election and call. I want to be sure. So what do I need to do? I need to go to the word of God. I need the Lord to remind me of what he's done, what he's doing in my heart and in my life. And, and, And it's all Jesus. And so today, if you don't see that chain going, if you don't see that evidence in your life, that's why I'm preaching the gospel each and every week is for us to base it in the Jesus and the work that he's done on the cross. And if if that work hasn't been done in you already, you can't do these other things. In our Sunday school class, we've been studying other world religions. We've been looking at um, uh, Islam recently. And and, and we we looked even today at, at they believe in a resurrection. That bodily Allah will will resurrect everybody and they will stand there before Allah and Allah will have this judgment of 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 good works versus bad works and that that people will be um, taken to paradise or cast into hell. I mean, that's what Muslims believe. But there's a huge difference between the ending in their book and the ending in books like Second Peter in the book of Revelation, because in Islam or any other religion that is basing it upon works, it is, did you do enough to earn your salvation? What have you done in order to make God proud of you or want to save you? Have you done more good than you've done bad? My friends, that is a scary place to be. That's the wrong roller coaster. But Jesus has said this, it's not based on your works. If it was all left to your works, let me tell you, your resume, what you have done, it stands against you and condemns you to hell. That's it. Nothing that you've done, whether it's outside these walls or in the church walls, whether it's if you have tried to earn your way, it's nothing. That's what every other world religion, it's every other everybody believes. You've got to earn it. But the scripture says it's not based on what you can earn. It's based on what Jesus Christ earned. And by his death, he earned for you by taking upon the wrath of God. He earned for you by him going and laying down his life. He earned for you him. He earned for you a relationship with God where you did not have before. It was said that before that time you were enemies with him. But now he has earned for you salvation, fellowship and growth and a continuous life with him for all of eternity. And so as the story plays out with the resurrection in Christianity is that all will be raised, the just and the unjust. They will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. There will be the record of all that we've done against Jesus that would condemn us. And those who are not in Christ will be sent to eternal outer darkness. And for those who are in Christ, their names will be in another book. The book of life. 
And if he's done a work on you and, the, and there's that evidence and it's it's occurring, he's called and elected you and he's put your name into that book. Then you will stand on that day. And even though everything that you have done didn't earn you squat, everything that Jesus did by his blood earned you everything. And there's no middle ground. And that's why Peter is so fierce about this. There's no middle ground. If you don't know Jesus, none of this is going to be happening in your life. Everything that you think is godly isn't godly at all. But if you are in Jesus Christ, you will see these things happen. There will be an effectiveness in your life. And it won't always look like what the world or even people in the church think is godly. But you'll stand before Jesus. And he'll look at the work that he's done in your heart. And he'll see the evidence of that and all the stuff that's been coming out of your life, this, this life of worship, this godliness of Jesus living in and through you. And he'll, he'll see himself in you. And you know what he'll say to you on that day? Well done, that good and faithful servant. And you know what? All those devotions and all the loving people that are hard to love and, and all the virtue and excellence that you, and all that you allowed God to work through in your life as that chain goes round and round and round. It's not always fun, but let me tell you, on that day, it will be worth it. On that day, if God has done something in your life, it may not always be fun living for Him, but it will be worth it because you will be seeing God Almighty look at you and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Come and, and, and live with me for eternity and share my joy. And the opposite is for Almighty God to look at you and say, I never knew you. You can have all the fun of this world. You can do all that your flesh could desire to make you have a good time. You can go to Sweet Frogs as much as you want. It won't help your waistline and it won't help your heart pressure, blood pressure. You can enjoy this life all you want and make it as fun as you want, but when you get there, it'll not be worth it. It'll not be worth it. And so Peter's encouraging believers to go for it. Make every effort to go. Let him peddle you. Let God work you. Let him grow you. It's not always going to be fun. It's going to be worth it. And scripture also says that that joy will be one day. But he's also made this clear that the joy is now. You know, Peter and the other apostles, when they went and they allowed God to work in and through them and, and they left behind their fishing business or they left behind their tax collector booth or they left behind family and friends and they went on on the trek of being disciples and they every day had to say, I'm dying to myself, I'm crucifying myself and I'm, I'm putting it off so that I can yearn for Jesus. And I'm not earning, I'm yearning for Jesus. And as they went on that early church and the Holy Spirit had taken a hold of the church, they went on and they, they lived out the gospel and as a result, People beat them and wounded them and mocked them. And you know what they said? We count it all joy that we were found worthy to suffer for the name of Jesus. You know what they were saying? It's not always fun. For the name of Jesus, it's worth it. It's worth it today. It's worth it tomorrow. It's going to be worth it for all of eternity. But if you're not with Jesus first, It'll never be worth it. And so today, if you don't know Christ tonight, and again, I don't know, I just scatter the seed. And I take my own heart and I put it before the Lord and say, Lord, am I with you? Have, have you is this you? And as he confirms that, then we, 
we go to the next step and say, then, Lord, would you help me to grow today? Would you help me to do the things necessary to grow in, in the word, to, to actively be involved on a daily basis in what you're doing and yearn for what you're doing and yearn for your change in my life and yearn for you to continue to, to pound on me when I need to be disciplined and to, to, to help carry me when I, I'm burdened and I need you to, to bind me and, and, and heal me. Lord, I just and to live with him. Are, are, are you there? Are you there? Maybe you've been trying to get those things to go, but you've been trying to do all the effort and, and the peddling. And I know in here it says, make every effort. But that's always prefaced by the fact that God, by His power, provides you everything that pertains to life and godliness. So lean into Him. Lean into Him. We do that in all relationships. If you've started with Christ, now you're with Christ and yearn for Him. What that means is the to lean into him, love him. I know that you can be married and you can be married and, you know, that should never change. I mean, you were right there with that person, but you have a choice in that marriage, whether you're going to lean into that person and, and be with them or whether you're going to lean the other way, don't you? The same thing is true with Jesus. If you're in that covenant relationship with Jesus, you have a choice to lean into him and let him work in you, grow you and use you for the things that he intended. And that will be evidence that your call and election have happened. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning and we give thanks for your word. Or we just trust that you have been doing this work in us. And that it's evidence of you. And if, if we don't see that, Lord, then may we, we, we just come to a humble place of saying, Lord, have you saved me? Is, is this true? And Lord, would you confirm that in us if it is true, Lord? Would you, would you leave no doubt in our minds that, that you have in fact saved us, that you have called and elected us into your kingdom, saved us by the blood of Jesus? And maybe, Lord, this morning, maybe there's somebody who is, is not sure of that, Lord. And right now, I pray that they would just repent and believe. Lord, they would turn from their sin and that they would trust you, that you earned it for them. And they would, they would just ask for forgiveness right now in this moment. And Father, for the rest of us who are, are maybe trying so hard on our own to, to be pious and religious and godly, help us not to, to go just to man's efforts. Lord, we, we, we ask that you would give us effectiveness, that you would empower us by your spirit, that you would cause the fruit of him to, to come out of us, that it would be what you're doing in us and that we would lean into that and yearn for, for what you're doing in us. And Lord, we know it's going to be tough. We know it's going to be hard. And yet we know it'll be worth it. And so, Lord, I pray that you would encourage my friends in the faith here today, my brothers and my sisters and myself. Know that you would continue to grow our faith. That we would continue to have more and more effectiveness in the lives of those around us. And, Lord, we do look forward to the day when you will return. And you will take us to that place, that judgment seat, and we'll get to hear those words, well done, that good and faithful servant. And you'll take us home. Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I do want to include one more verse. Verse 11, it says, For in this way there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hold on to that passage. It says that it will be richly provided for you an entrance. Jesus had said, 
broad is the way that leads to destruction. Narrow is the path that leads to life. But what we know is in that narrow path, it is rich. It is richly provided because on that path you get to walk with Jesus. This morning, if you need to walk that path with Jesus, you need to step back on that path. Maybe you've gone to the uh, the left or the right. Maybe you need to come back center. And as we close today in a song, then let's Let's just come and ask the Lord to put us back center, help us to to lean into Jesus, help us to trust him and and ask him to help us with these different things, these character qualities he's asked to be in our life.